the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. Kevin Sylvester, Paul Peck, along with the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. And I'm saying that right, aren't I, Mike? I know there's a poll right now on Twitter on how to Mass pronounce... Mass confusion going on right now. How to now. pronounce SpotTrack, but it's SpotTrack. Right, so we, we've been around for about 10 years now, and uh, the name itself has probably been the most divisive conversation we've had <laughs> around the site, right? <laughs> right? So 10 years ago, you know, having a name where you took a couple of words and smashed them together, that was kind of like all the rage, right? So we just were following suit at that point, but... You know, 2017 on and on here, we're uh, we're at a, p- a point where we're explaining the name and pronouncing the name and things like that every single time I, I hit a radio show. So it's Spot Track, according to us. It's Spot Track or Sport Track or Sports Track or whatever it is everywhere else. But technically, the way that we founded it was Spot Track. So right, which was a mashup of sports contracts. The spot for sports contracts. Oh, like that. <laughs> Yes, How about that? spot track. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Come on, Paul, do your homework. Will so, you? well, it's <laughs> it's I, that you know, easy, guys. You know, I, it's really that easy. All right, you spot know, I, track. I think the key is, um, before we get into our year-end review here, which we're going to do a lot of cool things and talk about all the uh, players and teams and, and pages at spottrack.com that you visited, the cool part is, Pronounce it any way you like. Just visit. That's right. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you Cheap say plug. it as long as you type it in the right way. That's so, right. Um, All right. So speaking of the website itself, Mike, give us an idea as you wrap up the year. What were the most popular parts of SpotTrack.com that generated the most interest and traffic from sports fans? Yeah. So this is a fun time of year because we can kind of get to look back and assess the analytics of the site, which we're doing generally you know, throughout the year as it is for players and teams and, and all that. But, you know, we... Um, my developer and stack guy, his name is Scott Allen. He uh, he gave me a decent list here. Are you of sure it's not Scott? Scott, yes. <laughs> Scott. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Ruined his life now. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. He uh, he put together a nice list here of just you know the top five in terms of pages and players and teams and things like that that have come really across the, the table this year. And and I don't think any of them were going to stand out and surprise too many people, but. You know, the, the number one player across the site, I believe for the third straight year, I believe, is, of course, Tom Brady. Um, and Tom Brady is unique because Tom Brady is the number eight page on Spot Track this year, which for a player to be that high on a site like ours that has dozens and dozens of tools and trackers and things like that, it's unheard of. So that stood out immediately that a player, Tom Brady, was that high in terms of our analytics this year. So, And by the way, that's probably the only time Tom Brady's been high in his life. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> it's the only time he's ever been number eight in his life, too. The uh, the interesting thing is, you know, why is he that, why is he this divisive player for, for people to look at on SpotTrack? And it's not that he's making $300 million. It's quite the opposite. It's that every single year he kind of restructures or gets another contract, and it's a middle-of-the-road contract. He's done this his entire career. He, he's making a million-dollar salary this year. So, you know, people hear that and, and – and want to go and see if it's true because it really it's kind of mind-boggling to a lot of fans. But he has done this continually over his career and just kind of taken the uh, the, the low road in terms of having cap hits that are team friendly for the Patriots to be able to build around him. You know, and certainly he gets he gets a nice signing bonus every couple of years. But that's probably the reason that annually he's the number one player on this list. And the rest of them are all NBAers, which again, not a surprise. Yeah, that's not going to change either. So we've got obviously Steph Curry and LeBron James, number two and number three. The next two are a little interesting. Uh, Kevin Durant, who similar to Brady, he 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 switched teams recently, obviously, but he uh, he took a bit of a pay cut this year to kind of help the Warriors get everything under the cap in, in terms of how they're they're structuring their system. And, and number five. Uh, 
right in line is Clay Thompson, which that one really surprised me because Clay, I thought James Harden might be there, right? Yeah, yeah. Rasbrook, any of those guys that kind of took the big contracts. Thompson's contract is is fine. I mean, he's he's paid very well for a player of his stature, but I mean, he on that team, he's probably what the sixth, seventh most interesting person at this point, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, so it must be a situation where you know people are probably anticipating as we are that his his tenure with Golden State is probably coming to an end soon. And I think you've probably got a lot of talk out there about him being traded, um, when, when that contract is going to expire, if that's going to be a situation where he moves on to free agency and gets a massive contract to be a superstar somewhere else. But to me, that's a name that stands out in terms of a top five player, and it's probably for reasons of where is he going to be next. You know, Kevin Durant is interesting to me, and I loved him in Oklahoma State. And now with Golden – So Oklahoma City. Well, he's in Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma too. But, yeah, Oklahoma City, yeah, you know – Fan of him, enjoyed watching him play, and now he's with the Warriors. I don't know. He just kind of turned into a. Well, he went from being the the number one guy on his team to sort of being part of this ensemble group a little bit. Yeah, it's funny because the optics are bad, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, his his play on the court, his demeanor, some of his off the field stuff, but you know, really contractually, he's kind of done the the, the right thing here. He's like I said, he's taken a bit of a pay cut. To, to kind of make this team stick together. So he, he's doing things the right way in terms of, you know, contractually getting himself in a good position to be a team player, but the optics of kind of how he's going about his business right now kind of make him a, a bit of a villain. Well, I'll tell you the indicator for me, right? And, I, yeah, I look at kids and who they want to be when they play video games and such, such or, you know, when it comes time for basketball shoes for my son, and it was KD, KD. This year it's not KD. Yeah, He doesn't even talk about Durant anymore. And I wonder, because you and I, we've all talked about this on this podcast before, about the future of the NBA being sort of this, the, the players determining to play together to win championships. Do you wonder if Durant's maybe less than ideal experience in in Golden State may cause some of the next wave of guys to say, you know what, I'd rather be the biggest star on my team instead of being on this collection of Hall of Famers on another team. Well, I certainly think, like I just mentioned with Clay Thompson, you're going to have that 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 second tier of players who are going to think twice, right? Instead of compiling themselves with a team that that should win, you know, like Oklahoma City right now. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, go get the money, right? I mean, the money's everywhere, but go there the is significant too. money for those superstar elite players. And, uh, you know, it's going to come down to, do you want to win? And, and do you like the players that you're grouping up with, really? <laughs> you know, was, uh, another thing with NBA players and money, I was just looking at this uh, for an article I was working on for another website um, This about basketball shoe contracts. And I was looking at shoe contracts for, you know, there's like Westbrook has a $5 million deal with Nike, right? You know, Jordan still's got, and still has the biggest one, and LeBron's got a huge contract. Curry's uh, moderate money. But Dwayne Wade has a, a contract with a, a Chinese sneaker company, a Li Neng, I think is, uh, I could be pronouncing like Spotrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, $11 million a year he gets from a couple whose sneakers are barely available in the United States, Dwayne Wade. Yeah, I wow. bet you they Pretty, sell a lot of them over in right, China, man. though. Yeah, it's kind of like, know? you know, Stephen Marbury had the Starberries. Yeah, you're right. right? You right. Know, but they were, they were cheap. You know, that was the interesting thing when Marbury had his shoes. They were inexpensive sneakers, uh, so they're affordable. I'm not sure on how much a pair of Dwayne Wade's sneakers go for in China, but that was just fascinating wow. to me that he had a contract. I'll, I'll tell you what, not to get off on a tangent here, but you know that's just another example of globalization in that league. And I don't know if you saw recently, they, they've announced an international junior league, the NBA. Have you seen this? No. no. What they've essentially done is replicated Little League Baseball 
for international basketball kids. And they want to create a league where international teams can come together and have tournaments and things like that. And they just want, they want to be farming these kids, b- basketball careers from the start, be able to watch these guys grow and develop. And they'll probably have the uniforms of the logos of the NBA of teams it. on them, you right? You got it. Yeah, the NBA is going to own this entire league. So, brilliant. I mean, I mean, they have got this thing buttoned down in yeah. terms of globalization. <laughs> that team, is brilliant. Team-wise on SpotTrack.com, not a surprise. If you're a fan in a small market team and you hate all the attention focused on the big market schools, yeah. uh, there's a reason for a big market team. There's a reason for that. Your traffic dictates that that's what people, whether love them or hate them, want to know all about. Yeah, so the top two teams... Uh, are the Yankees and the Dodgers. And that might not sound surprising, but it's the first year that an NFL team has not been the top-viewed page on our site. So that makes me happy. I'm a huge baseball guy. So Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, you know, fans and and our audience is going where the money is. The Yankees and the Dodgers have annually spent a ton of money, mostly the Dodgers recently. Um, But obviously, you know, the, the, the young kids with the Yankees, the Aaron Judges and the Gary Sanchez's have sparked a ton of interest with that team. Um, and really, the Yankees have played a little money ball over the past couple of years. So their their payroll in terms of how we showed on the site is, has been very interesting because they've had to fill in the blanks, you know, with a bunch of their bloated salaries from the past with a lot of youth, a lot of young um, rookie salaries. And, you know, now we've got some free agent signings coming in. So I think you'll continue to see that the Yankees and the Dodgers obviously hit the top of the market in terms of our views. And the Astros and the Cubs are right there with them. And in terms of other sports, the only team that hit the list was the Patriots, hmm. number three overall. So, you know, obviously no surprise, Super Bowl champions. And uh, if you're going to look at Tom Brady, you're probably going to look at the Patriots page as well. All right, let's talk about, uh, you know, other pages and, and tools yeah. used in the site uh, in, in the top five. Yeah, so we, like I said, we've got dozens and dozens of tools, but obviously there's a few that are built because they're necessities in terms of how our data needs to be represented. The, the number one p- page on our site hopefully will always be is the, is the cap tracker for each sport. So that's where we show a list of the teams and how much they've spent to their cap and how much cap space they have and things like that. Um, and follow that up right away with free agents, which, you know, that was a view we built about eight years ago. And we keep up with that every single day in terms of our transactions and things like that. So we've got real-time looks at who's going to be available next year, the signings from the last five years and things like that. And we, we do some graphical work on there to show visuals of teams and positions and how they spent their money and over the course of a couple of seasons. So uh, that's by far one of our most popular tools. And it's probably the tool that we put the most work into over the years. Well, and the, the, the number three view, uh, I knew this was going to come when I was doing this list. The number three tool on our site right now from 2017 is the fines and suspensions tool. And that's across all four sports. That's, uh, that's something we track every single week from, from these sports. Um, it's taken a lot of steam in the past couple of years, especially with the NFL, obviously, as they've ramped up you know, their fine system on a weekly basis, really. And the suspensions and the inconsistency of those suspensions yeah. is really what's drawing a lot of people, I think, to our site to kind of see how this suspension compares with past ones and different years and things like that. And we've got it kind of shelled out visually so you can see you know, the, the reasons for suspensions and fines, the positions, the teams, um, the total amount that players have been fined over the course of their career and things like that. So it's a nice little tool, and it's, a, it's an effective tool for the, the era we're in, but it's unfortunate that you know a tool like that has to be viewed so much on our site because, like I said, on, an, on a weekly basis, these things are coming about. All right, let's, as you look back and continue to reflect on the year of 2017, tell us who the happiest athletes in all of sports are based on how much money they brought in. And I think the one interesting tidbit as you run down the top five that, that amazes me the most is two of the top five players on this list were high school 
buddies and teammates, which is amazing. Yeah. So obviously the top paid athlete of the year would be Matthew Stafford. That math- massive signing bonus he got from the Detroit Lions. He's what do he, you do with it all, though? Right? I I mean, really, what do you do with uh, thirty-two and a half million bucks? Yeah, I think it'll be okay. <laughs> it's a heck of a Christmas in the Stafford family. Uh, so he, yeah, he'll have amassed fifty-one million after his second installment of the signing bonus kicks in, which is just an absurd amount of money for one calendar year. But uh, he's followed up by Steph Curry, which actually I didn't even realize this when I was doing the analytics that he, for twenty seventeen alone, he he's the top paid NBA player in terms of the salary. He's approaching 35 million this year and mm. the interesting thing is you see coming down this list is uh he joins the a group of players who are currently injured and there's actually a lot of that with the top paid players right now one of those players who is not injured and is probably having the best year of his career arguably is lebron james so he's he's at 33 million this year that's going to jump up to 35 36 million next year and uh i don't see a an end game for him really i mean he needs 100 million to become the highest paid career earner of all time in the NBA that he's going to do that easily in the next three years so he's a he's an interesting guy to follow for sure because he's going to opt out he's going to be a free agent next year so you know the the ceiling could be massive with LeBron where do you think he goes I we'll get to that in terms of what to look for next year but I, I I'm hearing so many reports that seem silly and then I'm hearing reports of teams like Houston trying to fit him in and make a super team down there which Houston's won 14 games in a row. Yeah. I mean, do they need LeBron James? I don't know. But um, I, I don't think it'll be Cleveland. I think that ship has sailed in terms of how they've structured their last couple of years. L.A. isn't the front runner, you don't think? I, I think L.A.'s on the list. But I don't know if LeBron James wants to go and try to rebuild a franchise right now. I, right. I just don't know if that's in his cards right now, you know? Does that I'm, depend on well, how much success the Lakers have as the season goes well, on? Don't forget, there's two teams in L.A. Yeah. It may not be the Lakers. Well, okay. Yeah, I... I I, I don't know. I mean, there's. I, I'd love to see him go to a team like the 76ers <laughs> where these kids have started to establish themselves. I mean, they're winning. They're in the middle of the pack right now. You know, you know, does a player like that take them right to the top of the list? You know, it's an interesting it situation just, to it, think about. It just makes you wonder that, you know, does the lure of potential business interests, uh, LeBron has a home in L.A., he wants to get in the movie business, the, do those become as much a factor and a reason why he would not go to a Philadelphia 76ers, even though there's a basketball reason for it? Uh, at this point of his career, I'd say no. No? No. I think it's all about basketball for LeBron James right now. Okay. I, I mean, we talked about sneaker deals and things like that. He's got so much of that on the side. I don't know why business would, would matter at all to Yeah, LeBron he's James. big everywhere. Doesn't, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter where doesn't matter where he's going to play. He could play in Utah. Right. Well, maybe. Yeah. No, but you know, he could play in Utah, and he would be big. New York would be intriguing. And very intriguing. Yes, um, for they, the Knicks. Because got... Irving's in Boston. You got LeBron in New York. Right. Uh, fourth on your list is the guy that I referred to before is Matthew Stafford's buddy from Texas and his old high school friend Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, you got it. They played baseball together. But uh, Clayton Kershaw and Matthew Stafford are both doing just fine in their post-careers. <laughs> Clayton yeah. Kershaw made $1.2 million a start last year, and that number is going to increase this year based on his salary. The interesting thing about him is he can opt out after 2018. A lot of people don't don't maybe know that off the top of their head. So the Dodgers will have a situation where if Clayton Kershaw decides to hit free agency, they'll need to extend him to a massive contract. Um, we're looking at a situation where he'll, that will most certainly be the highest paid contract in the history of baseball in terms of Clayton Kershaw and, and the structure of what he's – I mean, he already had the biggest contract in his last contract. 
So similar to Matt, Matt Stafford, who had a similar situation, he's going to break the ceiling again in terms of baseball. So after this season, Clayton Kershaw is definitely a name to watch. And then the fifth guy, maybe he's going to raise some eyebrows, but it's Paul Millsap, an NBA player. Um, he took a free agent contract, a two-year, $61 million contract. He's also injured, long-term injured, um, but he's making $31 million a year right now in terms of uh, – Sitting on the bench and no issues meeting the in, deductibles so. is what you're telling me. No, he's all right. So yeah. <laughs> uh, there's your top five in terms of our highest paid 2017 athletes. All right, how about the best values of 2017? Flip it around. Doesn't always mean the least amount of money, but it just means return on investment, so to speak. Yeah. So this is a tool that we uh, we kind of hope takes a, a little more flight this in this upcoming year because we actually do some neat neat stuff with this. So we'll value players positionally in terms of their production versus their pay. And then we'll also value teams. So you see power rankings and things like that on a lot of other sites. We've got our own list of power rankings, but it's based on the total cap or payroll for that team versus wins and then the production of their players. So we do an actual compilation value of every team to build our little value ranking system. Um, so we've got a team and a, play- and a player from each sport this year that kind of topped the list. Baseball-wise, no surprises. Houston Astros, you know, Maybe one of the all-time great uh, return on investments. Yeah, and we'll get into them a little bit later in terms of how they got there and and how people saw them getting there as well. But, but it's not like they didn't spend money. It's 149 million. Yeah, but they that's spent 15th in the league. I but mean, that's they, middle they, of the they pack. Were right that, in the that's middle. That's what's amazing about it's middle of the pack. Yep. And they want to and they want a World Series with it. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's a great story. And and from a guy who stares at dollars all day, I love seeing it. I love seeing good, smart financial sense turn into wins. I love that. So. No surprise with the player as well. I mean, Aaron Judge was arguably, you know, the, the most exciting rookie to watch in the last decade or so. And not to be not to be unmentioned here, but number two, very, very close to Aaron Judge in terms of our value system was Jose Altuve. So the Houston Astros were sitting atop this list all over the board. But uh, baseball is going to be fun to watch in terms of how value is going to play in the next couple of years. Because, like I said, there's going to be some massive contracts that come up, and we'll talk about that going forward. But... You know, it, it's how teams are going to structure this value because the good teams all have this right now. They've all got, you know, this kind of core system of players that either they've acquired or they've homegrown internationally or through the draft. And value in baseball is going to be very important to watch. So we're, we're excited to keep track of that over the next couple of years. We talked a lot about the NBA, so we'll skip over that one. And tell us about NFL-wise. Who are the best values as teams and players? I think these are interesting names that I would not have expected. Yeah, uh, the best value team going right now, and I don't see that changing over the next two weeks, is the Minnesota Vikings. So, you know, they've clinched themselves a playoff spot in a division there, and they have the 22nd highest cap payroll in the league right now. So, obviously, they're they're playing with fire in terms of their quarterback situation going forward. but Because they're not really paying a lot to Bridgewater or, obviously, Case Keenum. And there's no high-paid wide receiver on that team. They've it's a got, nice moment, by the way, sorry, to but when Bridgewater came into the game. It was awesome. Yep. Wasn't it really cool? Awesome. And Case Keenum's over there cheering everybody on. That That's a tight team. All it made me think, made me think about, though, is what's going to happen in March. Because, <laughs> I mean, they've got quite three, be so nice a moment. three ag- agile, able quarterbacks, and none of them have a contract next year. So that's certainly something to watch. Um, in terms of the players, yeah, this one stood out too for me. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, the defensive end for the Cowboys, who, you know, the Cowboys haven't had a, a barn burner season in terms of what we expected, but he's been phenomenal. I mean, he's on a value contract right now. I think he's got 12 and a half sacks. I mean, the, the numbers across the board have piled up for him, and he's going to be a free agent next year. So uh, he's in a situation where he's about to cash in. The Cowboys probably can't afford him. 
So that's a name that you're going to watch in terms of that March free agency period. Because they know they're they're going to have to pay Prescott and Elliott at some point. Yeah, not necessarily soon, but well, Prescott quicker than Elliott, but most likely um, they can certainly wait and play the Kirk Cousins game with Prescott if they want to. But uh, the, just in terms of how their their finances are structured next year, I don't ex- expect them to be able to retain Demarcus Lawrence, who's going to bank in on those you know pass rusher contracts that exceed fifteen million dollars a year. I think. Um, Hockey is interesting because your best value player is only that because his big contract that we all know about hasn't happened yet. Right. So he, uh, Connor McDavid, obviously the number one overall pick from three years ago, you know, he's got 40 points already. We're not even halfway through the season. He's on pace to do what he does. And until that big extension kicks in, he's worth $3.7 million a year. So, (laughs) you know, it's going to be hard pressed to find a a better value in in hockey going forward for this season in terms of how that's going to lay itself out. The, the team I thought was interesting. I mean, the the Tampa Bay lightning have kind of come out of nowhere here. They, they, they've been good, maybe a little better than good over the past couple seasons. They've been certainly playoff worthy, but, uh, they are easily far and away the biggest surprise of the season. And they've got the ninth highest cap in terms of, of the league. So, if they got their superstars under contract, you know, they've got good value in guys like Kucherov, who, you know, at four yes. and a half million dollars a year, arguably arguably the MVP of the league right now at, at that price is going to be good value. So they've got a couple of good players that they're hitting lightning with, no pun intended, and uh, they're the, uh, clearly the best value team in the NHL. Yeah, I think the NHL is perhaps the sport where, well, NFL too, you have to have young players in those first-year contracts contribute and contribute mightily in order to make the cap work, because yeah. you have to end up paying paying players, and you can't pay them all. You can't miss on draft picks in those leagues. No, you, just you can't. Well, high draft picks, at least, right? Yeah, you yeah, can't you, do it. You can't afford to do it. There's no question about that. All right. The final thing in, in, in the year in review is kind of a look ahead here on uh, you know who has the most teams and players the most to be gained. And, and, and I assume with the teams it means the most to be gained because they have cap space to spend money and players because their contracts are coming up and they can – make even more moolah yeah so this is sort of our what to watch segment right so this is i've identified a couple of of, of names and, and teams here that i'll be watching because I, I see them with a contract situation or a payroll situation or a cap situation that's interesting um and obviously we've done that per sport so baseball wise the name that stands out and everybody should be paying attention is bryce harper of course he's hit he's heading towards his final year of arbitration, team control essentially, which at $21 million is you know a nice way to be controlled by your team. But um, there's been some talks of extensions with him with Washington. I don't ever see that getting done. I think he is, he and his agent are just dying to get to that free agent market just to, to reset the baseball market from scratch essentially. I mean, the numbers have been absurd in terms of rumors. We've heard $500, $400 million. I, I don't see it getting there just from, because I – I've been watching these things progress. It would be an absurd jump to to put Bryce Harper on that kind of a contract, especially without an opt-out. Nor should Bryce Harper want a contract that high without an opt-out, right? He, I mean, he should want a similar situation to what Giancarlo Stanton's in where he can make $150 million, get himself out, switch teams if he needs to, things like that. Um, but certainly, he's in terms of baseball, he and one year from now, Clayton Kershaw obviously would be a name to watch. Does Harper become a Met or a Red Sox? Hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. No. Does he stay a national? Uh, I don't think he stays in Washington. I, I, I would be hard-pressed to not see him a, a New York Yankee. Really? 
Yeah, I think... With, even with Stanton, Judge, and, and the guys they already have now? I mean, look, Stanton's on a three-year deal in terms of where that opt-out comes in. So th- there's there's some inconsistency in terms of the long-term nature of his deal. Brett Gartner's going to be done after this year. Aaron Hicks is under team control for two more years, which is just perfect. I think I think they're going to do everything they can to make this the biggest, baddest outfield wow. in the history of baseball. Awesome. Wow. I, I can't imagine – I mean, you'll have teams like the Giants and, and the West Coast, even the Dodgers, come in and, and say, yeah. He's we'll, a West we'll Coast guy, too. He's a Vegas sure. guy. So. For sure. They're going to try. But I think the Yankees are going to put a an offer on the table in terms of the roster around him and the money that will change the way people look at the game again. The the teams to watch are two teams that nobody really watched much of this year. No, they're boring. Yeah, they're boring. But they have been been trading away and cutting and getting every guy off their team possible to kind of get themselves ready. And we'll talk about why they've done that. But the Philadelphia Phillies and the Chicago White Sox, by far, at some point in the next 18 months, are going to just make a flurry of signings or trades just to get themselves back into a winning situation. But they have done a nice job of cleaning house in terms of getting the, the trimming the fat off that roster over the last two years. Uh, switching to basketball, we kind of talked about it, right? Um, the Lakers are easily going to be a team to watch just because of the LeBron factor. You know, they've got kids, they've got minimal cap spent into next season. Um, they're going to have space to do whatever they want to do. It's just who can they acquire? Who can they, who can they bring in the fold? There's going to be plenty of available free agents. You're going to see a ton of big names passed around. Um, but it's going to be all about LeBron to the Lakers in terms of the, the rumor mill next year. And a, and a similar situation is Dallas. Um, Mark Cuban's done a nice job there of kind of what we just talked about in baseball. He's kind of trimmed his fat. He's kind of taken some bloated contracts off. You know, he's done right with Dirk Nowitzki in terms of letting him kind of figure out his end game here, paying him a decent amount of money going along the way. He's made a couple of real nice draft picks. He's got some kids in place, similar to what Los Angeles has out with the Lakers. And that's a dark horse team for LeBron. That's a dark horse team, mm. in my opinion. I think Dallas has a good point guard, a good interior game right now, and they could use a f- playmaking forward. So uh, you'll def- you're definitely going to see Mark Cuban make a play for LeBron, no question. And that's I agree kind with of you an there. interesting marriage, too. Uh, oh, Cuban yeah. and LeBron that's would be right. very interesting. Business powerhouses. The yeah. they two could, they'll spin off their own show. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, right. Shark Tank, it'll be, uh, you know, <laughs> Bron Tank or yeah. something. Uh, the two NFL teams to watch, again, are teams that no one has really wanted to watch very much of this year, but that's all part of how it works in the NFL. They're very different, though, aren't they? Yes. Right? I mean, we've got the Cleveland Browns, obviously, um, with $110 million to spend and... I don't know. Does anybody like any of their players in their team right now? <laughs> so they're starting from scratch again, and, and they've got draft picks, maybe two top four picks is what it looks like now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and a new GM, new GM, traditional GM with some experience. I mean, good experience. So I mean, hopefully that they get themselves their act together here. But they've got money, they've got draft picks, they've got all the time in the world because you know I don't th- I don't see next year being any much better than this year in terms of e- no matter what they do. So. That's one side of the story. Then you got the 49ers, who have $100 million to spend as well. But, boy, it sure looks like they got their quarterback, and too. And that, that's the huge difference yeah. is that Jimmy Garoppolo has been outstanding, and they didn't have, they're going to have to pay him, obviously, because he's a free agent, but they didn't have to give up three first-round picks to get him. And now you look like, man, they are set. They could spend all that money everywhere else. I still think they franchise tag him. I still think they do that, You know, which would be about a $25 million salary. It'll guarantee it'll be locked in. Give the guy a whole year to figure this out. Put in some pieces around him. But don't down... I mean, they have some nice pieces there. I mean, some of these wide receivers, these kind of no-name guys, are playing real well right now for Jimmy Garoppolo. So 
I mean, they're in a situation where Carlos Hyde, the running back, is, is a free agent, so they're going to have to make some moves in terms of the running game. And obviously they need to rebuild the offensive line to, to get a little younger and cheaper. But they've got money. They've got draft picks. They've got a quarterback. Sharp so, coach, sharp general manager. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff going on. A nice stadium. They got a lot of positive. They just there. need fans to go. Yeah, to the well, games now, yeah, right? they'll come when they start winning. <laughs> They're going to be a good draw for free agents this this March as well. So that's a team to watch for sure. Right, uh, and then while we finish off our teams to watch in the in the coming year, again, a couple of teams that are certainly not big market teams. Uh, matter of fact, one of them in the NHL didn't even exist a year ago. That's right. Uh, so I'll start with the other. The, so the, the New York Islanders are a team to watch because their best player is probably going to be moving this year. So John Tavares, again, he's got 40 points. I mean, he's right up there with the top players in terms statistically, but he wants out. It sounds like they want him out. They, it sounds like they don't want to retain him in terms of extension. So uh, that's going to be a team to watch just because it sounds like they're probably going to rebuild mode and they're going to move their biggest player. And I, I believe I, as, as we record this, they just announced that they're going to move back to Long Island, that they're going to start a project where they're going to build a new arena at Belmont Park, which gets them out of Brooklyn and back to Long Island and all part of a, of a whole hmm. rebuilding of their franchise. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's going to be a team that's going to need probably a lot of new pieces this offseason. Uh, a team that's already pretty good and but has a ton of cap to spend next year is Vegas, the Golden Knights out there who are winning. They have good players who are overproducing right now. I mean, they're going to be, I mean, obviously they're a draw for free agents being in that city and being new and fresh and, you and know, good. shiny. Yeah. And they're got winning. a great coach. Gallant's a great that's coach. That's right. And uh, they've got money to burn. I mean, they're not paying anybody massively, massively high at all right now. So they've got money to spend. They're going to be trade deadline uh, team to watch. They're going to be a free agent team to watch, and they are on an early upswing with that franchise. All right, we have even more uh, to get to here on the SpotTrek.com podcast. Today's Cap Fact. All right, the Cap Fact today, Mike, is the amount of money that teams have spent during the year. And again, it always varies. The caps are one thing, but the amount of money that teams will spend to bring free agents in or cash above cap, below cap, all that stuff. So what your Cap Fact is today is pretty much who spent the most money in 2017. Yeah, so one of the things we do on the site outside of just track these salary caps and payrolls is we actually track track the cash, right? So Matthew Stafford earned $51 million cash, even though his cap hit is you know $16 million this year. And it's important to keep those things separate. So we, we, we do a, a decent job of tracking separately in terms of the different ways we look at the league and the teams and the players. So we've got numbers this year in terms of how much cumulative month cash was spent across all four leagues. Um, and really, there's no surprises here. I mean, the, the NFL has the most players, so you're going to see a lot of money there. But they, but they spent $5.2 billion in cash just to players this year. That's bonuses, that's salaries, that's all that fun stuff mixed together. Um, and, that, and that ranges all the way down to $2.1 million for the NHL this year. So there's a big jump in terms of how the leagues and their cash you know, kind of payouts are spent. You know, it's fascinating. They can spend five point two billion on players' salaries, yet they can't. They have to take a postcard to figure out a first down. <laughs> good point. Right, right. Whatever it's works. Good point. <laughs> Whatever works. And even more amazing than that, most of that five point two billion is covered by TV contracts, right? Yeah. Oh, so easily. everything the TV contracts almost cover all of the salaries, and then everything that the teams earn from jersey sales, ticket sales, parking, all that stuff is above and beyond. Well, and the, uh, the other thing to look at is this is just cash doled out right none of this is guaranteed right so yeah. i mean I've, certainly the signing bonuses and all that are guaranteed money but generally speaking these salaries that are doled out are 
not guaranteed. And with the injuries that come into the league, it's always something to look at. Um, and, and right along with that, the, the Detroit Lions obviously are going to have the most cash payroll this year with that $50 million spent to Matthew Stafford. So they lead the league in terms of the uh, NFL cash spending. The Dodgers are your top baseball spenders. That's probably going to be the same this coming year. Uh, the NBA was interesting. I thought with there's a couple of super teams out there, but the, the Boston Celtics lead the 2017 spenders in terms of how much they've doled out. And that's interesting because of how they got there, right? They Obviously, they brought in Kyrie Irving, but they also brought in Gordon Hayward. So they brought in a big trade piece. They brought in a big free agent piece in Gordon Hayward, and they had high draft picks. So they had to spend on first-round picks. So th- that compilation altogether actually made them the highest cash spenders in the NBA this year. And the Washington Capitals lead the NHL, which has been the case for a couple of years now, just because they've been obviously they've got a veteran contract for about forty years, and they've got they've always been massive free agent spenders. So that's going to be a bad you know a bad uh, formula for cash spending. Time now for the contract of the week. The contract of the year is also the name of the year in sports, and I'm going to set Mike up with this one. And um, Paul, correct me when I'm wrong. That's right. <laughs> Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Close enough. Antetokounmpo. More, more commonly known as the Greek freak for the Milwaukee uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Imagine being Ted Davis, the voice of the Bucks. I know Ted and having to say that. They, oh, you just you go freak the whole time. Right? Oh, it. absolutely. You absolutely go come up with a nickname that you don't have to say the whole name. I think again. he says it in the shower every morning just to get himself ready. Yeah. Right. You know what? It's a cool name, and he's a great player. It's great. Yeah, he's a. We're awarding him our contract of the year, and it's not because it's huge, and it's not because it's you know long term. It's just because the Bucks kind of got on him early. They kind of got this done last year, seeing what was coming from him, and he has produced massively. He's he's on a four year, one hundred million dollar contract, no opt outs. It's twenty five million a year through twenty twenty. He's twenty three years old, and he's averaging thirty points and eleven rebounds a game. So, I, I mean, in ter- and twenty five million sounds like a lot. So so. I, Really, what's happening here is by next year, by this time next year, $25 million a year is going to be about 32nd in the league in terms of how wow. that's going to rank. So, I mean, you're going to have players up near $40 million a year, $45 million a year after after all these extensions kick in for the 2018 season. So to have a guy who's 30 and 11 with $25 million a year, you're going to get value for the next four years. That is slightly more than they paid Paul, paid Paul Mulkeski back in the day. Yeah, it's gotten, <laughs> it's gotten a little crazy. What did Quinn Buckner make in his, uh, in his heyday? All right, honorable mention contract of the year. Again, pretty off the radar here as when we talk about the NFL, it's almost always quarterbacks or pass rushers. Yeah, I took a look at, at contracts that – you know, we're kind of done on purpose. And really what was ha- what happened here is is the Eagles brought in Elshon Jeffrey on a one-year deal because they weren't they weren't sure that he was worth a two-year deal. And really no other teams were, were willing to make a multi-year contract to Elshon Jeffrey. Well, what he's done is he's turned nine and a half million into fifty-two million over the course of eight months, with obviously the Eagles big play and and he's been a big part of that. So he's got twenty-six million guaranteed over the next two and a half seasons in terms of how that's structured and uh you know, he, he gets honorable mention just because he ex- was able to accept a one-year deal knowing he could turn that into big money. By the way, give the Eagles credit for bringing Nick Foles back into the fold. And, you know, Carson Wentz was so great. It's so unfortunate to see the injury to him. But you know what? They've got a capable quarterback in Nick Foles. They have been habitually the biggest spenders at the quarterback position, even when they gave Chase Daniel Chase a Daniel, huge Sam $10 million dollar a year backup quarterback contract. People ripped them for it. They're still paying Chase Daniel. <laughs> and <laughs> and Nick Foles is worth $7.5 million next year as a backup. So he, he is... 
Yeah, he's there for a reason, and he's showing why for sure. But hey. it's going to be tough to keep him on the roster next year. At right, that but, money. but it's smart to pay the most important position uh, to make sure that you're covered in case something happens. We talked about it last week. There's depth in the running back position. When will there be depth in the quarterback position? It's going to be in need with these injuries. All right, as we as we wrap up 2017, I know there's some uh, other closing thoughts that you have, Mike, on what what uh, you've seen and, and delivered to the visitorspottrack.com over the year. Yeah, so I just wanted to take a moment here to, to kind of assess how things have gone. We've kind of talked about the best values and, 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 and a look at how kind of cash and cap has been spent throughout the year across the four sports. And really, it's a system that's, that's coming to fold in terms of how these teams are structuring their franchises. Um, you know, as the, as the new year turns, you're going to start talking offseason in football, and obviously the winter meetings in baseball will kick into full force. And and NBA contracts and extensions will be talked about because of the big free agency season coming up next summer. So, you know, all these leagues are kind of going to turn the page with the new year. And really what, what, what's important to remember here is teams aren't spending like they used to. They're just not doing it. You're not going to see in March teams spend $200 million on free agents for, to, to rebuild the roster outside of the Browns. But really the, mo- the most important thing here, and you've heard it time and time again from media outlets, Teams have a process. They have a plan in place, and there's no better example of that than the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros have been getting this plan in order for three and a half to four years. They have been drafting. They have been using international bonus money to bring in players, and they're doing it with a purpose. They're not just going to get the best guy available for name and marketing purposes and to, to kind of get TV ratings. They've had a plan in place. They've used their money smartly. They've invested in free agents when they need to just to get them through this process, to get them to, to the point where they knew they could be. And that point was 2017. And, and there was no better identification of that than the Sports Illustrated cover from 2014 that literally predicted that in 2017 this would happen. This, this was a three-and-a-half-year process of drafting, signing, slow free agent play, smart free agent play, and then obviously trades and where trades were available. And they were able to ramp it up in 2017 early, win enough games to get themselves in a position to spend through the trade deadline like they did with Justin Verlander and a couple other pieces. But it got them through the gate. It got them the championship that they knew they could get to if they if they carried out the plan properly. That's the, that's the process. That's what people are talking about with the Philadelphia 776ers. That's what the, the 49ers appear to be doing. They have been slow playing this for a couple of years now. And they went early, and they went and got their quarterback. And that's what the Eagles did with Wentz. That's what the Rams did with Goff. It, there's there's two two ways to look at this going into the new year, right? It's do you have the assets available to make your make your team better, and do you have a structured plan in place to use those assets with? And are you willing to take positions of value and of importance, like the quarterback position, like home run hitters? Are you willing to? Do more than necessary to get that done. The Rams and the Eagles and the 49ers both exceeded their boundaries to get their quarterback, and it's paid off handsomely for them. And are your are your organization and your fans willing to have something that doesn't exist very much in the world today, which is patience? Patience. Because some of that plan is always going to mean they're going to be a couple of tough years. A plan, patience, but then the persistence to get what you need, right? I mean, Carson Wentz was supposed to be a Cleveland Brown. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Right. Right? And... You know, the Titans certainly could have taken Jared Goff and and done what they needed with him. But there were teams who were ready to pounce. They did so. And I think that's a a plan that needs to be enacted more. I mean, what the 49ers did with Jimmy Garoppolo this year could be unprecedented in terms of the league. You just don't see quarterbacks move like that. And they were able to do so on a minimal basis. 
They're going to be able to slow play his payroll over the next three couple of years because of the way that the system is structured. And they, they now I probably feel comfortable building a great team around him with $100 million to spend. So they, they clearly had a plan in place. They clearly, you know, and maybe Garoppolo wasn't the name. Maybe there was another player identified as plan A or plan B, but they saw an opportunity. They, they took a position of importance and they made a risky move to get him. And now they've got assets and hopefully a structured plan in place. So, so th- this season, when you're when you're looking at the numbers and you're looking at spot track and you're looking at you know free agent news coming around, it's not going to be about who's making the most money, but it's about does the player that's being signed fit the process? Does it fit the plan? Does it fit the team? Does it fit the system? Does it fit my defense, my offense? It's more about is the plan in place and can you enact that plan going forward? And going forward, it is all about the payroll. And that's what SpotTrack.com brings to you. The payrolls of all the teams, all those contracts. Uh, great stuff. And we look forward to being back with you in 2018 here on the SpotTrack.com podcast.